0: Today's episode of Pushing Through is brought to you by NHTSA. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking, designate a sober driver, or call a taxi. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure. You're wrong if it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier and as always I am joined by the kid B.J. Armstrong. And B.J., there is one word to describe yesterday in the NBA. It is historical. We have no basketball that happened yesterday. The Milwaukee Bucks, they do not show up for game one of the day in the playoffs against the Orlando Magic. And here we are. Now we have this full conversation that happens this moment in time. And I just want to get your thoughts first and foremost when this happens.
1: Well, I want to take a time just to kind of reflect uh, Reflect, here of what's going on, because we've had so much. And it it appears since March or so, we're continuing to have these conversations where we have to reflect and we're seeing things that we've never seen before. Insane, all of that. The one thing I will continue to say in working in this business for over 30 years, you know, I came into this business as a player then I worked in the front office as an executive. Mm. You know, I when I was playing during my playing days, I participated in the union. So I got a chance to see the inner workings of that and the effects of all of those things. And now currently working as an agent. The one thing that I, I I'll continue to say is that as I've been watching this over the years, the thing that came to me immediately was This is the first time that I can recall in my 30 years or so involved in the NBA that I feel that the players have the attention of the owners. Mm. That was my initial reaction to this. Now, why do I say that? Because this is the first time that I've seen that the players, if they decided, if they said later this evening, we want to play tomorrow the league would accommodate them and the owners would accommodate and make sure that that happened. If they said they wanted to play this weekend, (laughs) so be it. If they said they wanted to play next week, (laughs) so be it. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that I can say that I've seen that the owners now are looking at those players and the players have their attention. Now, What does that mean? I think this all comes down to the following, Tate, and this is kind of how I've looked at this over the last 30 years. At some point here, this is what we're going to have to say, the players and the owners. We are at our moment of truth Mm -hmm. as a league. And the players that play in the NBA and the owners who own these teams they're going to have to redefine their relationship now moving forward Tate. Yep. That's what came to me immediately after what happened yesterday. Those two entities, the players and the owners are going to have to redefine their relationship. Not the relationship the owners and the union. Not the relationship between the I'm sorry, the players and the union. Not the relationship between the players and the league the players and the owners that that those two entities now are at the forefront of how sports is going to move forward in this new environment whatever you want to discuss it or however you want to call it term it what have you that's what came to mind to me because those two have to figure that out now you know these owners they may own the buildings these owners may own the concessions and all of those things. But make it clear that these players, (laughs) they have the attention now of the owners because you can't replace those 400 players. Mm -hmm. You can't replace these star players. You can't replace these middle-class players. You just can't replace the players. So you're going to have to redefine the relationship that you're going to have to have if this is going to work. If not, I think it can be catastrophic in many ways for the league, for as we currently see with the union, the players and the owners, because those four parties, if you will, are going to have to figure out what this new relationship is going to look like. And it's going to come down to those two and however, you know, they figure what it's going to be what's best for them both moving forward.
0: And you talked about uh, it was the power that that has been upon the players, right? They finally have that seat at the table because, like you said, if they're all unified and they do not play, then there is no playoffs and then we have – a lot more questions, but we, we got answers this morning. Woj comes out and says, for now, the players have decided they're going to continue the playoffs, but there was this window in time yesterday from when the Milwaukee Bucks do not come out to play. The Magic are out there warming up. You know, Jim Jackson's getting ready to call the game, and then the the Bucks are not there. They made this decision because, you know, of, the, of what is going on in their home state there, and they've had issues with Sterling Brown in the past, John Henson in the past, who went to North Carolina with me, and is is just like you know a, a North Carolina student in my mind and then he has that happen to him you know in Milwaukee and these are obviously issues that you and I have discussed off the air you know ad nauseum but as far as basketball they have come to uh a, some sort of you know a, of an answer for now and that was coming down to the league being able to accommodate the players for now but the conversation is going to continue and just because basketball is back it seems like we're going to have more conversation so that that's where we're going to keep watching uh and like you said, I mean, the, the players, it's on their terms for the first time. when they want to play, they're, they're going to play the games. Like there are no games today. This is Thursday. There are no games. There were no games yesterday on Wednesday. Apparently, there could be games on Saturday. There Saturday, there could be games on Sunday, but it's up to the players and they're going to keep the conversations going. to, to peel the curtain a little, back, a little, a little bit on pushing through. Yesterday, we were going to talk to Duncan Robinson, who was in the bubble that just got done with the sweep. And we were going to talk to him at five o'clock Pacific time, which is eight Eastern. And for people that, you know, now see, that's when the players had a, a, an all players, you know, hands on deck meeting that mm-hmm. night. That was not expected to happen at the start of the day when we planned to do that podcast with him. And that's what he ended up doing with his night. So a lot of this situation is very fluid. Uh, a lot of the conversations were what's next, but th- there is really no answer for what's next. But I want to ask you just as far as the responses. I mean, Chris Weber, I think, had had a great, um, response to everything that happened yesterday, and and I want to get your thoughts on that. Just the, the players, like Kenny Smith, um, who who stepped away last night in solidarity with the players. I think it was great to see all the players be unified, you know. And I and I think there there is so much strength and power in that. And I think that's that's really important this moment to f- to focus on from the generations that argue. You know, we see we see the Charles Barkleys arguing with the Draymond Greens, but it seemed like last night all the players. We're on the same side. Robert Ori is another name then another situation where it was a lot of powerful words said, but just from the player perspective for you, I know you're not a player now, but, but you were a former player. Um, it was good to see so much solidarity with, with everyone being on the same side.
1: Yeah, there was. And, you know, yesterday was a a wide range of emotions that you mm-hmm. saw from current players to former players. And, in regards to the league, but most importantly, you saw the response to the bigger issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a, a coach who used to always encourage me to said, BJ, get outside of yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I was just kind of reminded of like little nuggets that I've picked up along the way is to get outside of yourself, you know, so that you can see the world for what it is, right? We all know what we want, right? You know, you want equality. You want just be you know, treated you want to be treated with the same equality as everyone else, but you're seeing things now that you're just you know, I don't even know how to respond to what I saw there in Kenosha, right? I don't mm-hmm. I don't even know how to respond to what I saw in Minneapolis and and so many things and and I and You know, I just remember my grandparents who all grew up in the South and they would share stories with me of things not, you know, this was before you had cameras and cell phones and things like that. Mm -hmm. They would recount these stories. And I'm always reminded of, yeah, we're, we're talking about things that we currently see, right? Because we have video and things like that. But what about all the things we didn't see? And... So my heart just pours out to the struggle, right? This has been Mm -hmm. a struggle that's been over 400 years, Tate, that has been going on. And we're continuing to discuss it and we're continuing to fight the fight. So it will continue and we'll continue to move on. And, you know, a lot of times, say, you know, sometimes you, you can sit here and you can, and you listen, Uh, And one thing that I can always say is is being, a you know, a black man in this country is that, you know, there's one thing that I respect is that there's never been any uniformity on the right way to do it. You know, whether, you know, you took and, you know, I'll just take in in the 60s, right? You took Malcolm X was that maybe had a different approach than, let's say, a Martin Luther King. But what we can agree on is that they're both fighting for the struggle. Mm-hmm. So however you choose to express yourself, you know, let's roll okay? <laughs> and, and, and these players, you know, I, I understand. I understand in working with young players and being a young person at one time myself, I get it. I understand. I understand the expressions. I understand the emotion. But how do we turn that now into action should be, you know, our, our our thought pattern. You know, we can't think emotionally, we have to think strategically in how we're going to move forward. And mm-hmm. however that may be. And whether you choose to do it in one way or another, so be it. Everyone will you know, everyone will respond, you know, accordingly to how they feel and what's best for them. But most importantly that you have the opportunity to express yourself in the way and the manner that you feel is best for you. And then we'll figure out how to get things together and and move on from there.
0: And the courage it takes to to stand up and make that message—I mean, it it says a lot about that generation that you know they they have been there in the bubble when they were going into the bubble. These were some of the hesitations that they had. I mean, Kyrie Irving spoke out about his own you know reservations before they decided to go down to Orlando because he thought that it may become a a distraction. And as we saw, the players going in, they said they plan to have these players-only meetings. As you go through the daily grind of playing all these games, they didn't happen as much as they had hoped. And then you see something as raw as the situation that's going on in Wisconsin. And these guys all see it. They're all together. And you know, in the past, the only time we've seen some sort of strike like this was basically around an all-star game because all these guys were getting together. And, and they didn't like when all the players would get together and talk because a unified group is... You know that that can be uh, an interesting thing. You know when you're trying to keep guys with their group, with their team, and these guys are all together in the bubble. They're all having conversations, and they wanted to express themselves. And I mean, it's an understandable situation. I'm from the south. I have witnessed all this. This is not news to me. You know what I mean? That's going on in America. It's not like I just found out about this. This is. My whole life has been growing up seeing that it is black and white. And it's unfortunately horrible, right. you know, and that is the country that we are in. And we're all trying to be better individually. But at a, at a larger issue that we're all talking about, it, there has to be a scene change. And these guys want to make a, a, a sea change. They want to do something different. And I, I applaud the Bucks. And I, I know that all the players came together on this, but it started with the, the Milwaukee Bucks and that team. And they're the best team in basketball, you know what I mean, regular season-wise. And they came together and made that decision. I'm also proud of the players getting together and making a decision to continue to play. I think Doc Rivers had some strong words on that, that, that he thought that that was, that was what they, that, that they should come down there to do. They had made this you know sacrifice. We got families that are already in quarantine that are going to be joining the players on Monday. These guys have already made this sacrifice, but they're also making such a larger sacrifice like they did yesterday and today um, to make this message be at the forefront of the news because that's what they care about. And this pertains to them. This pertains to their family. And everyone has to understand that this is so much bigger than basketball because we love the game of basketball, BJ, right? I mean, uh, the, the world loves the game of basketball, but this is just this is something that has to be at the forefront because these guys they see it and they're all together and they want to talk about it and we have to understand and have that conversation the WNBA is doing a great job right now they're having the conversation on ESPN like you said everyone has their own way to fight the fight to to show that courage and um you know uh, I you would just have to applaud the 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 courage um to make this shift and uh we we we, as a program here on Pushing Through, obviously want to have those conversations. We were just talking to Dr. Sims, who's in charge of the COVID situation. That's still at play here. You know what I mean? Right. There, there, there's yep. so many things that are still at play just outside of this for these guys. And um, there's a lot on their plate. And they're doing a great job. I mean, they're doing a stand-up job trying to handle it as best they can. The league is obviously trying to do their best um, by by the teams joining in with the messages of the players um and unity is all you can hope for and that's what we're trying to get to
1: yeah you, you know it's, it's so much here that's going on and, and you know one of the unique things that <clears throat> that i've seen from this well it's been a couple of things that really stood out to me and one of those things is it's all i'm always amazed at the the the, the middle class mm-hmm. the players right and in particular mm-hmm. georgio hill, george hill yep van fleet and Udonis Haslam. You've, you've heard Strong. these names mm-hmm. that have come out. And, I've, and I'm and i always amazed over the years how the middle class continues to be the backbone of this league. And all of the star players, they get all the headlines. But, you know, the majority of the players are middle class players. Yep. And they continue to have a voice. And we talk about, you know, what the star players, and, and, and as they should, they are the star players. But then suddenly... George Hill, is. you can see the passion that he has right now. You know, we heard Udonis Haslam had a voice in in the bubble behind the scenes. You know, Van Fleet suddenly had a voice up there in Toronto. And that is really, you know, that always has stood out with me because those guys, you know, they make up, you know, what this league is really all about. You know, as as I go around, Otate, one of the things have, that I've just been able to experience person, on a personal level is the support that I've seen from around the world. That to mm-hmm. me has been the most striking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to travel and make a lot of friends from all around the world. And all of my friends, have called or emailed or, or and, and when I come in contact, it's been the same thing to me because how can something that happens here and they are thousands and thousands of miles away and they've all asked the same thing, like how can I be down? And that to me <laughs> is like one of the things that it's gone past like whether you are from America, whether you are black, all of my friends from Europe, Australia, yep. You know, South Africa, the Sudan. All of my friends that I've had to, they've all have this deep rooted compassion for what's going on here in this country, and feel connected to it. Yep. And that, to me, has been kind of the most amazing thing to me, is that you can see the humanity of what this has done. Mm-hmm. on on so many different levels and that to me is a very powerful thing now what to do with it how to manage it how to move forward because if you don't manage the problems the problem will probably manage you yeah so we're gonna have to figure out how to manage this and what to do but i am really really surprised with especially my friends in europe they feel p- deeply passionate about what's going on. And they all are asking the same question, how can I be down? Yep. And I just think that to me just says something. I don't know what it says, but it says something. And this is the first time that I have this global connection to a problem that's been in this country for over 400 years, mm-hmm. oppression and systemic racism and all of those things exist all around the world. And you can see you know the 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 the. You know what it has done. It's moved people in a way that I think. It's something that globally, um, you know, I think everyone wants to figure out the same thing. How do we solve this issue?
0: Yes. How do we be better humans? How do we? How do we all come together and say this is a human rights issue issue that is outstanding because it's also you know. Tolerance is one of the things that there's a museum of tolerance that we have here in LA where we preach all these things, but if you don't practice the preaching, none of this matters. And uh, you talked about the power of the moment, the fact that the world wants to help the fact that the world wants to be engaged, the fact that people from the outside looking in want to help and, and be a part of fixing this issue. That says something. It also says something about the power of the game of basketball and the power of the NBA being such a global game that, so many people across the world are watching and and they want to be there and be a part of this change and i i think it's a powerful moment i mean 2020 everyone keeps making the joke you and i are on the internet we see all these memes about how horrible 2020 is yeah it's been it's been a year to say the least but the, the fact that so many people are trying to have this straight line you know beeline conversation about a rooted issue that like you said is 400 years old that is that is powerful in and of itself and the fact that you know i've been playing fifa you know the game my whole life and they've had the same signage up say no to racism so obviously we haven't been saying no enough so let's let's say no a lot more and let's do more um with those no's and i think um I, I hope that that is the next step, BJ, because uh, that, that is what we need to see in the world. And uh, the, that, that is what I hope the players continue to have these conversations. And it, it, the MLB follows suit. It's not just the NBA. 14 games yesterday ended up being canceled. The MLS, the players are doing this. The players are the ones that are stepping up. They're talking to each other. And, you know, growing up, if you play sports, you're friends with the other guys on the other team. So it, it, it right. makes a lot of sense. Like, we, we everyone knows each other. Clayton Kershaw comes out for the Dodgers. I mean, if you're a big baseball fan, I grew up playing baseball. It, it's great for him to come out and stand in solidarity in solidarity with these guys, with LeBron, because then there's no divisiveness that can be had. You know, it's like we're, we're all together here. We're trying to stand up with each other. And um, I, I think that's great for sports. And uh, I hope that on the other side of this, we can all just gather around the games that we love and realize that the people that are so great at these games are having to answer for so much more than they should, because we're not being good enough and we got to be better. And uh, I, I I think that's like, you know, my final note on all this, right? I mean, I just want to one say that personally, I know that this is a world that in my hometown, I want to work to make it better. My brother is there right now. My family is back there. It's a grind every single day for things to get better, but change doesn't happen overnight. I think that's why people were saying this protest. What, what does it mean? um it it means that they want to be heard again and they want to to be seen and um they have been and i and i hope that they they continue to be and i hope that uh you know you and i will probably have some people inside the bubble come on and share some stories from this but you know this is bill russell level this is iconoclastic stuff that people will talk about and it's crazy that sixty years later that we're still we're still here in these moments doing these things. But um I'm happy to have you uh in my life, BJ, to talk about these things and try to process it and I appreciate you attempting to process it all because it's unfair that you have to try to process it. And I, and I think that's that's really the thing that needs to be said for all these players, they shouldn't be in the bubble, seeing these videos and their reaction is up to them, but that it's still unfair. And, uh, and I think, you know, the, the world isn't fair. The life isn't fair. We've, we've heard that our whole lives and yes, it's a reality, but this is a little too unfair.
1: My guy appreciate you. Yeah. Well said, my friend, well done. <laughs> and as the show says, let's keep pushing through my friend let's
0: keep pushing through and if you're in water
1: let's make some waves
0: let's make some waves we'll be back we'll be talking basketball when it does come back we'll have some more great guests and we have dr sims who like i said was very crucial in the covid planning for this we have that episode coming up and he gets into all the the bare bones of what's going on there so we appreciate you listening to pushing through uh we enjoy having these conversations and we'll see you soon